Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. This person said, I've been feeling really stressed lately. So my doctor advised me that before going to bed, I should drink two cups of green tea after a nice warm bath. And the friend said, well, is it helping? And he said, no, it's not really helping at all. I can't even finish drinking half of the warm bath. So my doctor told me to avoid any unnecessary stress. And I said, okay, so I didn't open his bills. <laughs> but I like to teach Second Peter, and I want to use a theme, stressing the holidays. Stressing the holidays. The holidays are a period of time where a lot of people are under a lot of stress. Family stress, work stress, financial stress, marriage stress. Now, stress has different meanings, okay? Stress can mean a state of mental tension and worry caused by problems in your life, work, etc. But that's not the type of stress that I would like to teach on. Stressing the holidays. I'd like to teach on a different meaning of stress. Another meaning of stress is to, to pay or give special attention to something. This school might stress mathematics or someone might stress uh, uh, the Marine Corps might stress marching, which means they pay special attention to something. So what we stress or give attention to during these holidays in 2022 can determine how much stress, i.e. worry, panic that we receive in our lives. And I believe in these holidays that if we stress the right things, we pay attention to the right things, we will have less stress, i.e. worry, tension, whatever else that's gonna face, because here's a secret, life can be stressful any day of the week. Life can be stressful, you can be having a perfect day, and then the phone rings and your day changes with one ring of the phone. So never answer your phone, don't open the doctor's bills. No, don't do that, but please. Stressing God's promises. So 2 Peter, 1st and 2nd Peter, the church was under persecution. So basically, the world can't prove it, but there was an emperor named Nero, and he wanted to remodel Rome in his own image. So instead of calling the guys who remodel houses, those guys that remodel houses and I forgot the name of the lady who remodeled. He just burnt down the city, a great part of the city. They can't prove it, but you know who he blamed? He said it was the Christians. Those are the people that did it. 
And so as he's building it back in his own image, he begins to persecute the church, which he didn't like anyway. So this is the setting that Second Peter is written in. The church is being persecuted, so they have plenty of real stress. Can you imagine, like, getting kicked out of your house? Uh, Roman, the, it's not a Roman candle, but what, one of the ways they would persecute Christians is they would use them as human torches for their party. They would burn their bodies. They'd put them, like, elevated, and at night they would burn them. And so we're talking about not like someone calling you a name, but real persecution. So first and second Peter are to exhort believers to stand true in Christian suffering. Well, I would like to present it, the reason and the, the things that are shared here. I believe that although, thank God, there's no Nero persecuting the church right now in the United States. But if we stress the right things in our life, then other things won't be as stressful. That means pay attention to stress the right things in our life. So you gotta get the two definitions of stress. We wanna deal with stressing the holidays or paying attention to the right things. We wanna look at three things. So verses one to eight. Verses one to eight. Stressing God's promises. And it's actually verse four, but let me just begin in verse one. Stressing God's promises, verses 1 to 8. So a command, like the Ten Commandments, is what you're supposed to do, right? Clean your room. My wife never does that when I ask her to clean the room. I mean, I ask nicely. No. When you tell your daughter, clean the room, it's a command, right? But a promise is different than a command. A promise is something that God said, I will do. If God promises something, now if you have kids and you promise them something, hey, we go to McDonald's later. You don't even have to use the P word. And you forget, they'll remind you. But dad, you promised. But mom, you promised. God is very aware of what he has in his word. If he promised it, he'll do it. Has anyone ever pointed their finger at God and said, God, you said. Now God knows what he said. But if God promised it, brethren, he'll do it. When we begin to stress God's promises, then it takes away the other stress in our life. Simon Peter, verse 1, a servant and an apostle. That's the highest call of God. It just means one who is sent. Of Jesus Christ. To them who have obtained like precious faith with us. Through the righteousness of God, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the first promise of God that I would like to identify is like precious faith. And then he says, with us. So as the holidays descend upon us, we should be looking to stress our faith in Jesus Christ. And it says here, with us. To stress our relationships with other Christians. You know, a lot of times you can have stressful relationships with your blood family, but you should be able to have an awesome relationship with your church family. And that's why Paul, uh, Peter said that have obtained like precious faith with us. Through what? The righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, 
the righteousness of Jesus Christ, one of the wonderful things about that is it leads to verse 2. And I'm just going to go to the next thing we can stress. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. We haven't had any mention of Nero here or the persecution. No current events, right? Because we all face stress. We all face different things in our life. What is Peter stressing? Faith in Jesus Christ. And then he said that results in something. What? Grace and peace be what? Multiplied. I like how they did the bread and the fish in all of the Gospels when there were 5,000 hungry men besides women, besides children. And so let me do the math. Five loaves, two fish times Jesus. That is exactly how things work out. So we say, well, what are these among so many? When you get the multiplication thing, if Jesus is infinity, it doesn't matter if you bring one thing. One times infinity is enough to pay your heat bill, okay? There's enough in infinity. What is that? It's it's a number that has no uh, uh, discernible... quantification. It's just like a number that's just bigger than we can quantify. That's God. And Jesus Christ will multiply things. It says what? Grace. His kindness. We need to stress the kindness of God. It's not what you do for God. It's what you let God do for you. So all of the letters in the New Testament have authors, except for one. Does anyone know which one doesn't? No author is listed. I know somebody knows. No. The book of Hebrews doesn't have an author. And it, it speaks about Jesus being better. And there's no author. So people will argue about who wrote it. Well, I believe it was the Apostle Paul. It mentions Timothy A. B, the book is about the law. And Paul was a master of the law of Moses. That is exactly the third thing. Paul ends all of his, if I'm correct on this, I think he might have authored, is it 13 or 14? I can't, you know, if I I could rattle them off slowly, but every one of his letters ends with some form of, may the grace of God be with you. It's like may the force be with you, right? But may the, that's what he does. And Hebrews Ends. Now, all of the other authors, some of them use it once in a while, but that with Paul, it's everything. And so the last verse in Hebrews, it says, grace be with you all. Amen. And, you know, I really believe as a more mature Christian, I've served God a few years. The grace of God is more important now than I ever thought it was. I thought it was what people use as an excuse to sin. You know, it's like, oh, the grace of God. But brethren, we need the kindness of our Lord and Savior. Let him be multiplied. And the second thing is we can stress the peace of God. Let the peace be multiplied. Because the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 17, and the work of righteousness shall be peace. When God does a work of righteousness and gets us out of our sin, you know what the result is? Like that demoniac when he came to Jesus, he was sitting, clothed, and in his right mind. All because of one touch from Jesus Christ. Brethren, Jesus, remember that bumper sticker, it says, no Jesus, no peace, N-O, Jesus, N-O, peace. 
And then it says K-N-O-W, as in knowledge. K-N-O-W, know Jesus. K-N-O-W, know peace. My wife even told me she was proud of me today. Because she's like, you weren't spazzing out. Preacher, do you ever spaz? Yes, I do. But today I did. Why? Because I knew I was teaching this. <laughs> well, things weren't working out and we got here late and, you know, and I could have, you know, and my daughter's going, shh, because she's doing her math in the back, you know, trying to do some extra math and, and I missed the light and, uh, but I was like, well, I might as well start now. You know, the, the right time to start stressing the peace of God is right now. Yes. Right now. Don't wait. So when the holidays are over, no, how about right now? How about peace right now? Because the Bible says the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. I can just have the peace of God right now. And you know what? The peace of God is available if we stress the peace of God. The, the Bible said that they that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll walk and not be weary. They'll run and not faint. That you see that natural strength, we can, we can, we'll get tired. But they that wait upon the Lord will get that refresh from the power of God. And plus, the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and keep our minds. If we do two things, what? We pray with what? Thanksgiving. What's that faith? God, I know that you've got this worked out. God, I know that you have things worked out in my life. I remember we were getting ready. I've shared this before, going to a church conference, and I was stressed. I was all stressed out and no place to go, right? But so my wife, I remember, because we didn't have a pile of money, and uh, <clears throat> she just I think she even lifted her hands like this. She goes, God, would you pay for a conference? And I'm like, how immature. I didn't say that, but I'm like, Immature. I mean, we live in the real world. You know, I cost money. How immature was I? Wow. Um, so this is about 2002, 2004, 2004, 18 years ago. And the conference was in Arizona. So it was not down the street. It was, well, we drove. So I was making up my mind to go, but I was just looking upon my own resources. I was, you know, going to plan for it. Well, she prayed, and it was amazing. People would buy our dinner. I mean, people that didn't usually buy our dinner. I was like, what's going on? Um, right, and then uh, what else happened? Someone gave me a $100 bill, I think, when we got back, after the church service. So not in the offering. They said, here, Pastor. And not someone that had ever done that before. I mean, it was just, and then they paid me, even though I didn't have time at work. I said, no, this is a mistake. I, you put this vacation. They said, no, no, just keep it because it's a small business. They can do that. So when we ran the numbers, God had paid for that whole conference according to not my faith, according to my <laughs> wife's faith. So you preacher, does God actually do that? Actually, he does. And I've, I've seen it before. And I understand we like to be independent, but you see that God's grace is there to be a blessing. He's got greater things that we can imagine to be a blessing unto us. And if we stress that, and I'm thankful that she stressed that and uh, taught me a lesson. Have you ever learned a lesson from your spouse? I learned a lesson. 
So I told her she should be the pastor. She does all this stuff. So verse three, according as his divine power, stressing the divine power of God, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. I'm just reminded of a verse of scripture. It's, it's 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, it's uh, Ephesians chapter, Galatians, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Galatians, Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ how many blessings all so there's another thing here it says that he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness how many things all what is all that's like a hundred percent right if you got all right on the test that's a hundred percent so a preacher what about all divine power we want to make sure that we stress that God's divine power it says, given unto us all things that pertain unto what? Life. Say, so, well, what about bills? Bills pertain unto life. Godliness. All things that pertain unto godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So God gave us power. His divine power, the Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, but as many as received him, if you receive Jesus Christ, to them gave he power. So preacher, I don't have power. It's not power like he, man, but you have power with God. To them gave he power to become the sons of God or daughters, even to them that believe on his name. So believing on Jesus Christ, you know that God was God told his disciples that that's that's what you need. He said, what do we do that we can do the works of God? Your job is to believe on Jesus Christ, who the Father has said. That's our job. And sometimes it's hard because he's like, well, God, how am I going to do this? Have you ever thought that before? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Well, first of all, we're stressing what? I. Instead of God, I believe that you can do this. And you know what? Then you get your peace even before it works out. And then when it works out, then you can tell everybody, like that song, Look what the Lord has done. He paid my heat bill. He fixed my car. You know, I mean, you can just add stuff in there. But God does these things. So why'd you say heat bill? I guess it's not even cold out. But if you have your heat on, maybe some people have their heat on already. But hey, but uh, you're going to soon one of these days, right? But God can give us what we need in the holidays, brethren, if we begin to stress these things in the holidays, I'm talking about pay attention to the divine power of God. Let God show out. God will show out. God will not neglect his name. God will not neglect to show out for his people. Now, he might give us a lesson like quit spending so much money. Like, oh, okay, God. So like I told you, anyone knows about my Christmas budget? It's like a zero stress Christmas budget. I have no budget. I don't. Well, preacher, you don't care. I, well, 
I do. I just, I get stuff for people all year round. I, I don't wait for Christmas because I don't get a bunch more money at Christmas. So why would I just put myself in stress spending all this money and then it seems like a contest. Oh, they got me something. I need to get them something. Get them a thank you card. You bake them some cookies. And, and really, why? Because I don't want to have the stress of the holidays. I want to stress the peace and the joy and the righteousness and the goodness of God in the holidays. And thank God my, my blood family, the Bigelows, they're not big on giving presents. So there's really no stress. I mean, because they know that it can be stressful. So they have like a no present rule, right? Except for the kids. You know, we get presents for the little kids. And I'm very happy with that. I think they still do stockings so they get around it because they jam stuff into the stockings so they still do presents. But it's low key, right? So you're not all stressed out. Brethren, I don't think we need to be that way. So a preacher, but I'm rolling in money and I want to get a bunch of presents. Man, have at it. But don't get stressed out about it. Because guess what? I had a lot of presents growing up. I thank God for all the presents. I have very few of them now. <laughs> not, a few are with my daughter, but I don't think those are Christmas presents, okay? She has a few of my toys. Those things aren't what you're going to remember. But if you have a peaceful holiday, your kids will remember that. And you know what? Maybe get them one thing. Maybe get this one uh, person I heard uh, that they had said for Christmas, they got like one thing. And then they got like one experience, like going to the zoo. And then they got one like challenge or something like that or service. But it was really neat because it broadened that instead of like my daughter was little and she got so many presents from all the, I think she started crying, right? When she has all these presents, she's open. She wants to play with them. And we're like, oh, here's another one. And she started crying. We took, what, several weeks to open all the presents because... She just got overwhelmed with it. You know, she got used to it later. After, when they get like five, they're like, give me another one. And they're just like ripping them all open, right? But we condition ourselves to that where we feel we have to keep it up when people grow up. I got to get a present for them. And I got to, and then you're running to Walmart with the other crazy people on the 24th of December, you know, and, you know, fighting for this, you know, last dredges of stuff. No, I want to stress the right things on the holidays. And again, if you've got a big budget for Christmas, then have at it. Do whatever your traditions are, but don't get stressed out about stuff. That's not what this holiday season is all about. The Bible says, add. So let's look at verse, verse five. God starts to have some more math. I'm not gonna get this chapter done, but maybe we'll get to verse eight. We'll do the first section, so. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Reverend Keckle preached a great message that I recorded half of. Kachi is like, did you record the message? I'm like, yeah. I recorded the first hour and then it just shut off. And it cuts off like right in the middle of his message. It's horrid. I mean, I could give you the half that I have, but it's like, it's... (laughs) But he preached on the well-equipped believer. And one of the things that he mentioned that really stuck with me, stuff sticks with you, okay, that you don't even have to write down. He said, you have to take it. You know, God gives you all these things. But even as Peter said, you've got to add to your faith. You do it. So in Ephesians, Pastor Kekka was preaching. I don't remember his exact scripture. But the Bible says, Paul writing, he says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Take it. God's giving it to you. 
but you've got to take it. And then it says that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And this was a metaphor. All of these things are metaphors for elements of Christ in your life as a soldier would be decked out in Roman times, okay? In the times of Christ. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So if we're going to get what the, the right faith, excuse me, stressed in our life, we need to say, God, I need to add this to my life. But you do it. And it says, giving all diligence. Have you ever done that? Like you just gave it your all? Well, that's exactly what God, he said, well, preacher, this, this Christian stuff isn't easy. Ha ha, right. It requires all your Diligence. I don't know if you've ever struggled with something. Like, now if you're a man and you want your manhood put on the line, let me tell you how it's put on the line. I don't know if you know what I'm going to say. Exactly. <laughs> your wife hands you a jar. Honey, can you open this? You're like, because <gasps> my hands aren't the strongest hands. Like, I'm not, I, I don't call myself a wimp, but it's like, that puts you on the spot and then all the people kind of like, can he do it? <laughs> and so, I don't know. Some of these, they're evil people that uh, work at the jar factory. He's like, that man's going to lose all of his street credibility on this one, right? <laughs> and I remember like, and I'm giving all diligence. And the thing ain't budging. And there's even times where you go for that little rubber donut looking that rubber piece of bologna and you try to use that to open it. Now, you might think that, well, preacher, anybody can do that. Not me. <laughs> I have struggled with some. I think one I actually had to hand back to you. And did you open it up? Man, that was, I, I had to go to my room and cry. I felt like that, like, man. But here's the, most of them I get to open, most of them. Giving all diligence. If you've ever struggled with one of those things, and it just, that's what God requires of us to add these things to our life. It, it isn't very easy. Why? And one of the things that we have to do is we have to face our own life and the way we're used to doing things. And it's hard to break out of that pattern in our life. It says, giving all your diligence, add to faith virtue. And just really quickly, virtue is uh, goodness in our life. And when we put God in our life, he goes everywhere in our life. And he begins to affect everything we do. What we watch on, you know, on, uh, on our phones and, and where we go and the way we talk. And sometimes it's overwhelming because, man, God, you're just in all of my life. Right, that's right. God is in all of your life. But we have to add him into all of our life. He'll deal with our heart. But he expects us to take the step to add him to that part of our life. And then after we add virtue, we find out why we're feeling that way. We add knowledge, knowledge of Jesus Christ, knowledge of the word of God. Again, 
That's not going to come by osmosis. You can listen you know, to the preacher once on Sunday, but brethren, you've got to get into the Word of God. You've got to find out what the Word of God says. You've got to listen to it in your car or, or uh, uh, read it you know, old school on your, you know, on your iPad or I guess that's new school, semi-new school. Read it, the old paper Bible if you have one of those. I like to do both of them. If my eyes are working right, use the paper Bible. But the knowledge of God, he says, add it, put it in there. And that's one of the things I do is my de-stressing technique. I don't take a warm bath and try to drink the warm bath. Uh, but the first thing I do in the morning is I like to read the Bible. This man said to, to lower your stress, take and drink two cups of Chinese tea after a, a nice warm bath. And the guy said, I couldn't even finish half the bath. But we read the word of God before we check email before we check texts, before we look at the news and see that the world is falling apart, I find, oh, Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Everything's going to be okay. Far above all principalities, far above all the powers of this world. The nations are like a drop in the bucket, it says in Isaiah. They're nothing and less than nothing. And you know what? how I know that? Because the word of God says that. But you add that knowledge. And the Bible says, and to knowledge, temperance. After we know what the word of God says, God begins to deal with us about self-control will be such a blessing in this holiday season. You know that retail therapy feels good. That's why people go out and have a click-a-thon. And they click and buy all this stuff. It feels good. Ooh, ooh, buy, buy. It's like likes. Buy, buy. But customers also buy. Oh, I need to buy that. And I need to buy that. And, and then finally, you get the bill, and you're not that happy, right? The click-a-thon has some, like, the next day is not so much fun. But temperance is self-control. If we stress that temperance, brethren, you'll get a blessing this holiday season. Stressing temperance. And then add to temperance what? Patience. It's going to work out. That means that... Uh, with, with joy, that it's going to just patience, long-suffering with joy. I'm going to, there's, there's going to work out. I can trust that God's going to take care of me. And to patience, godliness. Then our character is being formed, right? And the godliness, then you begin to act. You know, people need that brotherly kindness. They need to see that. It, people are going through so much in this holiday season. Uh, we had a good time. Let me just tell you about, this is fun. This is what I do for fun. So we were shopping at a place called Aldi, which is like a small grocery store. But anyway, so we were checking out. It was closing. And uh, the lady, I said, hey, can we buy you a Starbucks? And she's like, yeah, all right. And she thought I was joking. And, uh, pardon? The cashier. And uh, I said, no, really? And so Nadine went and got her a Starbucks and came back. And they were already closed, right? She's, my, my wife told me later, she goes, she said, can I give you a hug? <laughs> this is a complete stranger. Why? Brethren, just a little love in a stressful day. And it, it really makes a difference. What is it? Just being kind to people. I'm not saying you buy someone a Starbucks, but, you know, sometimes a few bucks, it's, it, it's actually better than if I drank it. It's, it's really, we love that people just get that excitement, that they're special, that they mean something. And then it can open up a door to talk about Jesus Christ too which is our great goal. And then it says, and the brotherly kindness, charity. That's the love of Jesus Christ. And it's a growing. And then the last thing, for these things be in you and abound. 
they make you. Listen, that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you stress these things, you're going to have fruit. Whatever fruit you're looking for, they're going to be spiritual fruit. There's going to be other fruit that will bless your life. Let's, let's pray and dismiss. Brother Patterson, would you dismiss us? So I got eight verses. Praise God. We're going to stress the holidays. Stress the holidays with me. Let's stress the right way. Let's pay attention to the right things. Let's pay attention to Jesus, his promises, and enjoy the peace this holidays. Christmas peace. Amen. Brother Patterson, would you dismiss us?